be a loaf of bread. You can sense the taunt, planting a seed of self-doubt and hinting that a failure to fulfill the request would essentially prove that he was not really the son of God or a very good one. But Jesus didn't take the bait. Jesus replied by quoting a portion of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. One does not live by bread alone. It's interesting to note that this verse from Deuteronomy refers to the manna that God gave the Israelites while they were journeying through the wilderness for 40 years. The full verse reads, He, God, humbled you, the Israelites, by letting you hunger, then by feeding you with manna, with which neither you nor your ancestors were acquainted, in order to make you understand that one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. This verse reminds us that we are to live by the word of God, relying on God, trusting on God, and serving God, encouraging Jesus to use his own position as the Son of God to care for his own personal needs or desires without relying on God, only serves to create division between himself and God. Is this something that we might need to think about ourselves during Lent? Are there times when we feel that we have it all under control? We don't need God. When we think we deserve that all we have, we have because we made it happen. In this first test, Jesus teaches us not only that we have and all that we are come from God, but also this dependence on God is a good thing. We want to rely on God. And there might be times when it's better to let God take charge than to try to take control ourselves. In the second test, the devil shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and tells him, to you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will be all, it will all be yours. Of course, Jesus refuses. Quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. This one's kind of easy, right? Because we all know that we're not supposed to worship the devil. But how often do we worship other things besides God? How devoted are we to our, to our career or to our financial status or to our social status compared to God? Although we know we shouldn't worship the devil, I think we often fall prey to the lie that he told Jesus, which was to tell you I give their glory to all and all this authority. To you I will give this glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. I think this is a lie because I don't think the devil is in control unless we give him control. But I think this is an easy trap to fall into because we often mistake admiration for love and look for ways to be glorified by the rest of the world in order to fulfill the need to be loved. Eventually, we realize this is a compromise, but it can sometimes take a long time to reach that conclusion. The third test was again cleverly posed by the devil. 
Jesus had refuted the devil in the last two tests by quoting scripture. But the devil this time poses the third test by referring to scripture also, by referring to the Psalms. The devil took Jesus to the top of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus refused the challenge by quoting another passage in Deuteronomy, this time chapter 6, verse 16. It is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. I think this can be viewed in different ways. And unfortunately, it's another common issue that many of us experience. Have you ever felt a nudge in your heart to take on some project or fill a role in the community or accept responsibility for an activity, but you decided to do a little bargaining with God? If God will only give me the, the object or the desired circumstances that I want, then I'll accept the calling by the Spirit. But if God doesn't give, up all, give us to all our expectations, we may decide not to give in to God's expectation. These are difficult challenges that I think many of us experience, and we sometimes fail the test. The scripture references Jesus gave to the devil and his rebuttals were all based on the experiences of the Israelites as they journeyed through the wilderness for 40 years. And they were all coming from passages and describe their failure to live up to the challenges of their time. The times are different, so the specifics of the challenges are different, but the principles are really the same today. I think one author that I was reading in preparation for this week, R. Allen Culpepper, said it quite well. The supreme purpose of all life is the worship of God. Any pursuit, priority, or preoccupation that diverts us from that purpose should be seen for what it is, the devil's temptation. As you think about your 40-day journey through Lent this year, what are the biggest one or two issues that you think need to be addressed? Fortunately for us, Jesus not only gave us the example of how to approach these temptations, but he also gave us a path back to a restored relationship with God. Through the grace made available to us by the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, we have the chance to repent and be forgiven for the tests that we have failed. And when we come to the realization that we have done something that has pulled us away from God, we are assured that God will accept our prayers of repentance and heal that relationship. I invite you this morning to reflect on your journey through Lent this year and decide how you would like to prepare for the coming Easter celebration. Amen.